入ってる<笑> you know, it's like you gotta be holy, man. <laughs> I never read that. Yeah.、Uh, Dennis, it's another week, and we skipped last week. We, yeah, we skipped last week because、uh, I was、uh, not feeling so bueno, and we're actually gonna have to skip next week. Because I'm at this hour, a week from now, I'm going to be flying back from Croatia. Remember last year I went to Croatia? Yeah, going again. Good time was had by all. And they invited me back. And、uh, so I'm going again. And、uh, there was a bunch of COVID last year resulting from that, I recall. Well, that's where I caught the COVID.、Uh, yeah, right, right, right. But I didn't catch no deputy.、Um, <laughs> and.、Uh, You're already on a roll. Only two minutes into it. Go ahead. <laughs> and、uh, and yeah. Well, so... we're skipping、uh, the week, two weeks after that, because I'm going to be、uh, salmon fishing on the Salmon River. Yeah, and I'm also、uh, late September, early October will be indisposed as well. So, who knows what all happens? Who knows? But,、uh, well. We're just gonna like、uh, go with the flow, man, and like ride、People、the wave. People will be pining for us. Where are they? God, I look so look forward to it, and now they're not there. This I know. Where are they? There'll be a、exactly. clamor, a, a, clamor, a clamor, and a, a ruckus,、yes. and a、uh, right, and just a general a, a demand.、Chaos. Yes. Yes. Right.、Uh, so. Uh, that's out of the way.、Uh, how are your windows doing after a fortnight? Windows are good. I took a break from the windows to build the deck next door. That finished. There'll be a picture、right. of a product that is all but painted, given that the wood has to dry before it can be stained or painted. An oft misunderstood consideration. But it has to dry from what? Did it rain? From the treatment that it receives. So when it rots, it's called green lumber, treated with chemicals that delay rotting and increase the longevity of the wood by threefold. Is that、so、why you look so young? Because <laughs> I drink it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I rub it on my face, just just like I did、yeah. poison ivy when I was young. Fool,、yes. fool that I was, and fool that I am. Once a fool, always a fool. You can fool me once, you can fool me twice, and after that, it's my fault. That's. I think that's what. That's what W said. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. W never looks so good. <laughs> Man, he. He looks. In retrospect, he looks like such a prince. After nine eleven, he had a ninety-four percent public approval rating. Ninety-four percent. It's unimaginable.、Yeah. And in fact,、I、it's was, not imaginable that it'll ever happen again.、Uh, I was listening to something where they were talking about how、um, uh, the Queen of England had like a eighty-six percent approval rating or something,、yes. and and now、uh, King Charles has like a seventy percent approval rating, which already because it which is. I mean, like before, he was he was、uh, he was like seventy five or something, and now that he's king and is being sort of a jerk,、uh, things haven't got better in the past but, few days. All he's but, been doing is walking behind dead people, right? Exactly. But、uh, 
those that level of approval is like any American politi- politician would uh, would would kill to have that approval rating. Well, in fact, uh, because uh, there's some evidence that uh, they are trying to do just that. Well, I mean, I don't know who all Hillary had murdered, but uh, yeah. Well, you can only imagine (laughs) in her basement of her house. Isn't that where you kill people? That's where I kill people. Yeah, I dig out. There's an area I dig out. Right. Repatch with cinder block. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm having fucking nightmares about it. Thanks a lot. (laughs) That's all I need. Well, you know, you got to soundproof. The actual killing so, zone. So last week I was disappointed because I was hot to talk about uh, two things. Still am, in fact. One is tell me, tell me, the Ethan Hawke uh, TED Talk you sent me, which is some serious chatter. And then the other, which I would rather start with, is that you completed, I think, watching Elvis. I was going to, but then oh, I yes. sort of didn't. Well, uh, but I watched the first half, and the first half is, uh, I mean, it's the rise, right? Uh, obviously, later there's a fall, but um, it was just uh, so much fun. Like, in echoing the its peers of uh, the Freddie Mercury and the Elton John uh, docu picks. You know, biopics. not really documented, but uh, uh, biopics. Um, it's Ray Charles. Ray Charles, yeah. Uh, it was just so uh, Aretha Franklin. I saw. Uh, it was such an amazing to me where I wasn't there. Uh, it felt like a fairly realistic depiction of uh, of that time, and the social pressures and how you think he dressed like that uh when he wasn't on stage purple suits and flowery see-through lace shirts because that's how he dressed in the film when he even when he wasn't on stage i mean i do but you know (laughs) it's (laughs) i dressed down for this show man a lot, apparently. <laughs> I wish you would wear a lace, a purple lace shirt for one of these shows. It would at least it'd be more interesting than looking at your mug and your, your your oversized old golf shirt. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, so I can't comment on the later downfall, sadly. Well, I'm I'm not going to comment at all on the movie. Uh, uh, okay, but it's good to hear that you are uh, gathering your thoughts and wits about you as you see it. I'm invested. Uh, yes, more to come. More to come. Now, uh, I want you to know this. Just switching subjects quickly to another TV show, which we will not talk about because you don't watch it, and after you're done hearing me talk about it, you won't want to watch it. Is the Game of Thrones follow up House of Dragons? It yes. is. I am watching it only because I want to see to what depravity the terrible acting and casting goes. And I really don't have that much more better to do. I've given myself an hour, hour and a half of television almost every night. And so I like to follow it. I am hopeful. I was hopeful that it would get better at any moment. And maybe I'll tell you eventually that it will. But right now, 
it is it is almost unspeakably bad when it comes to casting dialogue and characterization. It's so easy to be a cash in cash grab when you have when you're following a previous success thing. It's so easy to like let's spend as little as possible and take in as much as we can from this. Well, the which there's no which artistically is is sad right like you would hope yeah it's not about money here they spent incredibly gobs of money and this is my point is that what they spent the money on was the uh the the scenery and the the incredible sets and the and the dragons and the the battles and all that and and in game of thrones that was the background for this characterization that was riveting this dialogue that was just riveting. And in this, it's what the show is about. Right. And the dialogue in between is uninspired and seems to be written by a 16-year-old. Right. They, they they cut the costs in the wrong places. Or, like, because Game of Thrones was from a, from a series of novels, right? And, and this is so, the continuation of those novels. There's no, yeah, but but this is a prequel, which was also right, exactly. written. But 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 this wasn't uh, George Martin or George whatever. Martin. But but yeah. did he write? He did he write this content that you're seeing on the show? Yeah, really. Yeah, in in the in the in the uh, story of Fire and Ice, which is five thousand plus pages. And is actually many books, but it's it's I've read sure. them all. It embodies a current action and prequel material, because what George Martin constantly does is go back in time. And so, okay, so it's not it's not like some uh, television writing staff like extrapolated from his work. It, they're taking from his work. They're taken from his work, but remember that the game the of writing Thrones shit dialogue or whatever license with George Martin's plot, and when right. it suited them, they they changed it, and and the scenes that were in a in a, you know in in three thousand pages of material, there are countless scenes, and all a television show can do is capture sixty minutes worth of those, and usually a scene's going to be a few minutes. Right. And right, right. the scenes they captured and showed to a, to a point, I could remember the, the, the actual literary passage of them in the in the material. This stuff that we're seeing here, the plot is clearly what was uh, material uh, in the in the books. But the dialogue. Right. Uh, similar to. Well, somewhat dissimilar to Game of Thrones because when they did the scene from and it was from the book, it included the dialogue from the book. In this case, this dialogue is not in the book. The plot is. And so there's plenty of creativity that's required uh, and frankly pretty much fucking wasted to fill in the dots of, you know, someone tells a story about long ago and blah, blah, blah. Well, who said what the night in the bedchamber is, you know, not in the, in the novels. And this, this, this creates that. And I think they hired 15, maybe a 16 year old to write it. Right. So they're, they're spending all the money on the special effects and skimping on the writing staff. 
is your I don't know I I think that you're if you're if you're calibrating skimping with less money there's no evidence of that and I'd be shocked if this wasn't more expensive than anything that Game of Thrones but you ever said the 16 year old well no they're paying them a lot they're paying <laughs> to well paid to well paid teenager okay yes sir. yes him and his okay. him and his father maybe it's George Martin's illegitimate son okay so uh, it's our official podcast stance that no one should watch this unless they are curious about just how badly HBO can screw this up. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, and not without hope that it might materialize that uh, it does get better. They could. Ha- they I mean, could fire all their. They could fire all their writers. One should never be without hope. Well, right. Well, anyway, so much for that. I I also uh, watched uh, again. Um. Uh. The. Um, what's the name of it? The Incredible Life of Bee. The Secret Life of Bees. From the novel. I the don't Secret know Life about of that. Bees about a uh, it's uh, Queen Latifah is the star woman and she plays August, one of several sisters named August, June, and May. April sadly had died. I, I think it's Latifah. Latifah. No. Queen Latifah. <laughs> Um, and an unbelievable performance by Dakota uh, Fanning, Fanning, who she and her sister Ellie, who is absolutely gorgeous, so much different looking than her sister. They're doing a movie together, mm-hmm. uh, and I love these girls. I think they're just great, great, great actresses. Interesting. Um, I uh, I had not heard of this movie. It's a 2008 film adapted from the 2001 novel of the same name. Author. And the author's name is Sue Monk Kid. Yes, Sue Monk Kid, who has never written a novel, and I think I've read most of them, that, that, that wasn't absolutely excellent. Like this one was, and the movie does it justice. Her other... Most known novel is called The Invention of Wings. Uh-huh. Yes. And Paul Bethany is yes. in this movie. And you remember him from uh, a com- I, uh, the, the Russell Crowe movie, A Commander Commander on the Sea. What I mean, it? I know him from lots of movies. Uh, oh, you do? Yeah. It's actually not Bethany. It's Bethany. There's no Bethany. H. He, uh, well, he's been in 41 films, if I recall. So... <laughs> He, he's great in this. It's a it's a it's an award winning performance to me. I don't know if he won an award actually, but that could be checked. But um, very 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 well done. So I watched yes. that. I watched something else too. I can't remember what it was. Oh. Uh, he he won a Hollywood Films Hollywood Film Awards Assemble Act Ensemble Acting of the Year for Secret Life of Bees. Oh. So whatever ensemble acting is, I guess that's like 
best supporting well, whatever? No, no. Or, or in, best in, the, uh, in this case, team member? particularly, there are there isn't just a star of the movie. There are a series of central characters, and they. Although in this one, Dakota Fanning's character, whose name is Lily, is the central character, certainly. Hmm. But uh, everybody else is almost equal footing, and there's a dozen of them. So the the ensemble is uh, right, including but not limited to what we otherwise call supporting cast. Sometimes it's clear there's only one supporting actor. There's one, you know, right, sure. limited. And this is busier than that. Uh, so uh, that uh, that Ethan Hawke thing that I sent you. Oh yeah. I remember watching that and it was late at night and I was just blown away and I sent that to you and I was like, holy shit, check this out. And I can't remember a lot about it, but it was, it was super powerful, like live in the moment and be your own creative force sort of message, right? It was the central role of creativity in your being and understanding that unless you pursue your creative self, you will never be happy. And happiness is simple as doing that. And his message was in in a different kind of way. If you want to be happy, you got to figure out what you like and what you're good at, and you got to do it. Yes. And if that makes you look like a fool, then you're doing your job. That's so good because that's, uh, that's literally, remember when I went to Atlanta and I gave a talk, uh, that was basically the thrust of my talk was that all the research shows that contrary to popular, popular belief, uh, living your best life is not lying on a beach, sipping margaritas, uh, just doing shit. It's being creative and, 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 uh, bringing something into the world that you're passionate about, that is what makes life worth worth living. And just sitting around, um, not unlike what we're doing now, uh, just um, drinking, is uh, is not is not happiness. But it's well, sure feels. Sure, I feel happy. <laughs> it is for for brief for brief moments, but it's not. It not should not be I your your end goal. I can keep drinking and ain't brief at all. It goes from one day to the next. Keep on drinking. You got to, uh, you just got to change what you drink. That'll keep it going. That's my problem. Drink some beer, eat some thing. food, drink some scotch, celebrate a little bit, a little champagne, a couple of shots, tequila, uh-huh. come back to the beer again. Yep. And then, you know, you got to switch it up. Margarita. Mojito, mojito. Mojito. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Mojito. 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 Uh, anyway, and then wine to go to sleep and then bourbon in your coffee to wake up. I mean, that's, limitless. That's, yeah, exactly. Life is good. <laughs> Life is good and a little bit blurry. <laughs> Life is good, albeit out of focus. <laughs> oh, mercy. 
Yeah. So I that, played some music last week. That was a blast. Did you know? Down at uh, down at O'Duffy's. Oh, before you tell that story, yeah, uh, I, I I have a work I have a work colleague that um, lives in Austin, Texas, and they just had their bu- their bu- their blues festival that uh, is basically according to my to my colleague uh it's sort of a thing that's dying like they have these super old uh like 90 year old blues veterans that come there and come and play there and in previous years there were others that were like uh just core to the birth of blues that have since gone dying out and um but it's a place where once a year they all get together, like all the the prototypical uh, blues people, and uh, and just fucking jam. And that it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. But that in a, a couple of years from now, it's not it's not going to be the same because they're all dying people out. Will continue to die, yeah. Uh, but it. Uh, and I, when I heard about this, I, I thought of you because he was saying that how uh, they would just like jam for like twenty minutes on the same on the same song, and I was like, well, yeah, and that's, I know somebody that's that could do that. That's something about the, one of the things that I long for is finding a guitar player that's willing to just sit down and acoustically play uh, old blues tunes the way they were written. Right. Um, and I picture a stand-up bass and a snare drum in the picture. Yeah, baby. Um, but you got to have some talent. You got to have a guitar player that knows what he's doing. You know, some harp in there, of course. But um, I've been doing more singing than I've been enjoying the singing more than, than the harp playing, and really? played harp much less this last a uh, couple of sets I played because I the guy wanted me to sing, so I sang. So, oh, you know summertime and uh georgia and uh i put a spell on you uh Mm -hmm. uh, because you're mine you never can tell that's always fun yeah um and so that was fun so i'm going down tonight tony and the t-bone and the out of favor boys are playing probably a duo or a trio it's going to be outside it's 75 degrees out there hmm. nice sunday day i finished the finished the deck and then moved on but anyway this ethan hawk thing i want to talk a little bit about that because i really thought about what he said and and you may recall i wrote you and i said isn't it fascinating that i saw this given the rather strange time in my life which is turning 70 soon and and my business model as you well know was no longer feasible for my work mm-hmm. because corporate consulting firms have gathered up all the money and they hire young staff and they give the shit away that i used to charge to do and they have very little expertise although the content they're saying is the same content i say because it's all evidence research-based stuff it's true it's true but the question is how do you use it and what do you know about how to apply it so that it sticks and relative to training and policy? And, and it's much deeper. Than and what, just and what mistakes it. might you make that you have seen yes. made yes. that the young people haven't? Again and again. And 
what record of mistakes leading to total failures is there and why. I've done that analysis, but I'm kind of an anachronism in the sense that, you know, that that type of individual consulting is is, is met to the wayside, at least in the in the space I'm in. Um, so I've been uh, doing construction work, as you know, and got some gig work building deck and spray washing. My son and I have gone into a little side business practically, and it's making good money for him when he needs it and some money for me because I'm not getting any consulting money. And I've moved from, you know, getting, you know, 225 an hour to $35 an hour. And it doesn't matter to me at all because I'm enjoying that, it more than is anything. Is that just I- in, in cash or like, do you have an LLC and you're like doing it above no, no, no. board today? Uh, I mean the, the, the current gig work. Yeah. It's cash. It's under the table. Okay. The other stuff is all above board. And Okay. We uh, won't publish this I'm, part. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Let them come get me. It's it's a few thousand dollars. Um, but anyway, to put what Ethan Hawke, what he said struck me because I thought, well, that really explains it. I'm being very creative in what I'm doing and I'm learning and I'm doing it and I'm getting paid for it. And I don't think at all about the comparative payment. The, it's not an equivalency. It's apples and oranges. You know, but unlike the consultancy work, which is pretty well paid and this, which is, I'm, I don't know, carpenters make 45 bucks an hour. I'm charging 35, Mm -hmm. you know, particularly since I'm, I'm, it gives me a little room for extra hours because I've got relative inexperience. Um, But I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And that helped explain it. And I realized, too, that my quest for music needs to, in, in playing and in participating in the community of music, needs to have a more dedicated part of my life because I enjoy it so much. And, and, and it sounds like aha, it's being answered. Aha, I said, of hmm. course I should do more of that. And immediately I started pursuing it, writing emails, contacting, showing up yeah. at more places to play playing more frequently, talking to people about it. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, and it makes me happy. That's what he said. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? And whatever makes you happy, guarantee you, it's creative. That's what makes you happy. You'll be surprised what it is, perhaps, but just think about that. And it's related to some degree of creativity. That's our right. purpose. Exactly. I I certainly feel that uh, consumption doesn't doesn't please me. Like uh, watching three movies on Netflix in a day doesn't fulfill me in the same way as like writing a single you know blog post or. Uh, or, or writing a bit of code that, that solves a little problem. It, um, I, I for sure um, agree with the, uh, you know, creativity is what is what gives meaning to life, uh, and it's it's somewhat um, 
my my kids have not yet found that they they prefer to consume they would much rather just you know watch youtube or play a video game or watch netflix or something uh, in their spare time they've never yet uh been like i'm gonna build this this little model thing or something i don't know it um it, it was like do rocket chips with didn't they do rocket chips with w- grandpa well i mean i built them and they watched me fire them so sort of uh, uh but it's not they participated, uh, right yeah it's it's they it's they there's nothing the table. They didn't sprouting say. from them yes. that that is their project and i'm not super worried about it yet because you know they're they're 13 and 9 and that's fine uh at some point i imagine the the creative bug will will bite them and uh and they'll go off and want to do want to write something or do something uh but uh but yeah the for sure the value and meaning in life comes from what you can make so yes, there you go. What you can look at, particularly listener. look at and make when you make things that are tangible compared to things that are conceptual, right? Uh, so then, that's a that's a difference between. Oh, I mean, is me writing a web page tangible yes. versus conceptual? Okay, I guess so. Yes, it is because as you can do you it's a thing that is a is it is it is a thing in the world and writing a document i guess is the same you can forward it it's a document right now what it probably talks about is a mixture of conceptual and um more uh you know down to earth yeah tangible well it could be tech you know i mean it so the when you get into the kind of work that is advisory and facilitative and that kind of stuff, ah, right. Well, you're, you're not creating, but you're you're, you're helping others. Your create. product is your process, mm-hmm. and and actually, you're not necessarily in charge of the product at all. If you're facilitating a process, then your deliverable is the process, and right. which is tangible is the evaluations of the people that said you either manage the process well or not. But at the end of the day, they say, so what did you build? And you say, I didn't build anything. Right. I guided the builders. Well, what did they build? Well, that's not my responsibility. I can't take credit for that. Huh. Well, that's a little humble, but yeah, it's, yeah, when you, when you get abstracted a, the, another level away where you're, advising the people that are if you're i mean that that's like an architect right the the architect isn't isn't building the cathedral right the architect is like drawing what needs to be built and very 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 tangible so i don't know but that that but but you're 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 and let's say that let's let me change the thing let's say that your facilitative educative role includes a plan of action for implementation of whatever you decide to do that's akin to the architect and the papers that he or she draw up the mm-hmm. blueprints right right very tangible 
if it's just a process without a plan and it's their job to do the plan after you facilitate. So if you're one more further step removed where you're teaching the architects how to draw their plans. It's important to plan. When you plan, this is what you have to do. You need a team. You need goals. You need objectives. You need data. You need this. Now, here's an exercise. Oh, good test. Now, who wants to go do it? I, I will. All right, good. I'll check back with you in three months. That's what just because it's a you check back and they say no, we never did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe when you blur the causal lines between your efforts and the creation of something, maybe happiness is diminished. Maybe happiness is elusive. I'm not sure if it's diminished. I'm not sure that it's so much. I think maybe as a definition, it's just less. You're going to get less satisfaction out of managing a process than you are of producing a product. Right. Because one is tangible and one isn't. One, you'll be sure of because it's in your hands. The other one, you're not quite sure of it. You facilitate a group of 12 people. Six people say, hey, I did great. Three people say, yeah, you know, pretty good. Three people say, you didn't do a good job. Huh. But like, okay. isn't that isn't that all of like teaching? Like, isn't what yes. teachers do? Yes. Is yes. Uh, teaching the uh, yes. process of how to do stuff. And then yes. nothing tangible comes out of that apart from, you know, the, the student being like, oh, I see now. Well, there's certificates that come out of it. That's tangible. But there's yeah. certain standards that are that are applied. But at the end of the day, you we're not very good at creating a standard of uh, learning in, in, in being hungry and learning as opposed to, you know, being able to remember a piece of information. We test on data, right. you know, who was president, what year was this, what year was that? And the real question is, did I instill in you a yearning to learn right. that you can look that stuff up on your own without me? We don't gauge that. Right. That's why you homeschooling can't... is so different is because homeschooling is about the, 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 the journey of learning and a child's natural learning instincts and inquisitiveness leading you, leading you into the subject matter that you're actually educating about. So let's say that you're doing a, a you're, you're reading a book about Greece and the child says, wow, look, look at that money. That looks cool. I've never seen a coin like that with holes in it. And you say, oh, well, you want to you want to see more Greek coins? And yeah, Google right. it, gets more Greek coins. And the next thing you know, he's collecting Greek coins. And, you know, and then you say, oh, wow, I just found a stamp, you know, and that was used about the same time with these coins. 14 of these coins would buy this special stamp you could use. And then you learn stamps. And in the meantime, you lose it. You're learning metrics and you're, you're sure. translating uh, Greek into English and you're doing all this stuff. And every one of those opportunities for learning is the core of what homeschool can be, as opposed to you will never get that in our education system much sometimes. Right. Young I mean, it, it, comes down, it, it comes down to, Like, as we've discussed before ad nauseum, it's uh, if you're managing a huge system, you need metrics 
and there are some things that you can measure and some things that you can't. And so you choose by sort of necessity obligation to focus on the things that can be measured. And the test scores and the who was the president can be measured. And the uh, and the inquisitiveness about Greek coins cannot. Uh, so, it can be because you can do quantitative research and you can ask 10 at people. At what cost? Well, you suddenly cost is a factor. It wasn't a minute ago. That's interesting you say that. But if you're looking at accountability, you can you can measure. It's not that you can't measure it. it it's absolutely true that it isn't measured. It is a measure because it's not a particular goal in many situations. Although I said maybe when you're younger, you know, if you're going to Montessori school and the whole purpose of the school is to is to teach, um, you know, social community uh learning right in a group environment you know um and and it goes it it, it goes to a certain extent where it, where the, where the children want it to go but as soon as you have more than one child and somebody's got to decide if right. you're just teaching one child you go where the child wants to go but if there's three or four children one wants to go this way one wants to go that way, well what do you do well you do three three lessons about that say here's what we know about greek coins here's what we know about greek stamps and here's what we know about greek clothes and yes it's true the emperor did wear purple lace sh shirts yes right that's true like i do yep that's who elvis and you are emulating is the mm -hmm. ancient egyptian prince captured in his sarcophagus <laughs> With the remnants Where, of the... What has happened to this conversation? We, uh, uh, all yes. because of Ethan Hawke. All because of it. And you know what I love that he did, too, was at the end he proved that he's willing to be a fool because in spite of what he had, you know, and, and to kind of punctuate what he had said, the thing ended, he picked up his glasses, he wandered back to a shelf, he picked up his guitar, and he sang a little tune mm -hmm. and it was a silly little tune and he, you know he didn't care that it might have appeared foolish because he just got done saying you got to be prepared to play the fool otherwise you'll be you'll be risk you'll be risk averse and you'll you'll stay in some lane of, of, of safety and you'll lose out on on what life has to offer uh, what it has to offer when you share there's much creativity that is private and there's much creativity that's shared right the creativity that he does that he shares and including music and direction and acting and whatnot has got plenty of room to be foolish you know whereas a you know a, a, a painter i suppose to too if they draw a stupid looking painting but Who's to say a painting is stupid looking? You know, I mean, aren't aren't we living this dream right here, right now? <laughs> One of us is. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. You uh, are you you are you're you're here now. I'm 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 uh, <laughs> I'm present, man, and I don't care if I look like a fool, man. That's that's actually where the joke was that, you know, 
Yeah, I got it. Fucking yeah. fool. You're foolish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh-huh. Thank you. So this past weekend, we replicated a hike that we did un- in March, maybe, where we walked up this hill and uh, up this mountain and then down this Roman road that um, that we've done a couple... This is the second time, third third time. We've I have done a video. It. You sent me a video of that. Yeah, and uh, and it was uh, it, it's totally different now, where there's a huge canopy of leaves, uh, but this forest, the canopy is so thick that uh, that there's just no vegetation on the ground. It's just huh. it's just trees and then leaves on the ground. Uh, there's because there's just no sunlight for anything else to grow. Uh, there's some mo- there's some moss and stuff, but um, that was super lovely. And again, just that contemplative uh, state of walking on yes. stones that were laid uh, over a thousand years ago. We saw a couple of trees that are probably over a thousand years old, hmm. and to just like sit there and for a moment be with the tree ponder. that ponder a that has seen right that has seen uh, so much happen what was the novel um, that 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 I read that I recommended to you about trees it's Pulitzer Prize winner what's the hmm. name of it remember shit yeah because I lent I, it to my uh, I lent it to my daughter she never gave it back I believe it uh not not that <laughs> not that you can't trust your daughter but uh that you mentioned a tree book to me i, I remember that um, yeah it's uh and 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 we talked uh, about the movement of trees and the wind blowing the trees yes. and, and just uh, how they communicate and how they how yes. they live at, at a different time scale than we do yes and which you've talked about in other contexts and yeah. the, you know the the discussion of the the book I read um, about Alaska and the uh, the yes. uh, the naturalist uh, I'll remember name and title soon, but he talked about this epic kind of time tables of glacial movement. Yes, and when you understand that and can conceptualize it and talk about it. You see the movement over eons of glaciers that create and uncover towns and oceans and forests, and it's it's an astounding way to think about existence. Um, true, true. And uh, like we are just a little blip of nothing. A gnat on the ass of a mosquito. I mean, you know what? A gnat, a gnat on God's ass. Well, she wouldn't like right. that. On the mosquito. Well, I mean, she'd say, "God damn gnat!" She'd smack her butt. Me damn gnat. <laughs> I damn gnat. <laughs> Today is a precious, unrepeatable gift. Unrepeatable or repeatable? Indeed, do you perpetual succors, Our Lady of Perpetual Succor, 
Please look down upon me and grant me the sukar. Sukar. Wow. Sounds like pronounce? sugar. Sukar. Sucrose. O-U-R. Sukor. It's sustenance. Complete sustenance. Maybe not complete sustenance. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. We determined that a while back. But anyway. Episode two. We can go back. Clearly. Unlike this moment for you and I, uh, this can be replayed by the listener as many times as they would like. Uh, but please don't. Um, hey, how come when you talk, it's record, it's showing me your. Up- don't worry about it. Don't. It's it, it's recording. Hmm. Calm down. That was a technical question. You're dismissing it. That's fine. People are interested in what I'm I mean. Seeing. I I see your waveform, man. You do. You see mine, and I see yours. Is that the way that works? Your your waveform is beautiful, man. Hmm. Your the way you. The way you uh, make the air vibrate. Okay, we've devolved into this. Uh, Wow, he's actually hitting his head in front of the microphone. Okay, we'll leave that in. Um, I sent you an email about the result of the Emmys. Oh yeah! In fact, I uh, I uh, googled a little bit of it. <laughs> I got to tell you that I didn't realize that the the actress that much acclaimed who gave a speech by singing, among other things, about proof. I of, saw a clip of that. Did you know that Jimmy Kimmel was lying as if unconscious at her feet through her entire speech? Because no. just before she got the award, there was a, a little skit or, you know, a moment, a funny right. moment when uh, there was interaction with Jimmy Kimmel. And the result was that he became unconscious and he was laying there for her speech. Little did he know for the next couple of minutes, she would be giving an award <laughs> speech. They cut him out of it. And you can hear her say, Jimmy, wake up, I won. But she literally stepped over his laying his body. Right. Right. And he and when she was done, his cohorts in this little routine dragged him off the stage as if he was dead. Wow. <laughs> and some people were pissed about it. Of course. But she said course, it didn't bother me. Are... I won the award. Now I'm gonna see him tomorrow. I may want to punch him in his face. But right now, I don't care. And so continues the award show violence. Ah, uh, well, no hmm. violence. He was. They, I, I think his point was obviously that, unlike you know, Will he Smith, was just continuing uh, with the just bit a slap. Right. You know, this is this is how the awards go on, even though somebody's lying dead on stage. But he picked the wrong. He could. He should have picked somebody who, if they won, would be funny. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like when Jack Nicholas won the the Golden Globe and, and Nicholson. Uh, it was tied between him and uh, Ed, Ed uh, Day Lewis, Daniel Day Lewis, 
And uh, the third guy who didn't win was Robin Williams. And so when um, when uh, he got up to, to accept Jack Nicholson accepted Jack Nicholson, Nicholson. Accepted, Nicholson. Nicholson accepted the award, he said, Robin, is there anything you'd like to add? And Robin Williams got up and stole the mic. Well, and, I mean, oh, as he does. It, it, it was hilarious. And the, the greatest thing was watching Daniel Day-Lewis uncontrollably laughing about what about what Robin Williams is saying. And, of course, had to be totally unscripted. Maybe of Williams course. thought about it. No, no, no. Um, but uh, it's, worth, it's worth watching if you haven't seen it. All right. When I edit this, I will go back and find it. So, so my can of beer is in fact cold from the koozie. Well done. And it's a uh, point classic amber beer in a can, which is the only canned amber uh, that I drink. Canned amber. I tried to it, drink a canned honey amber, Michigan-based honey amber, but because they were out of draft at Latitudes that uh, is the brewery that makes it. And they were out, and they were out of cans. Woe well, is me. And they had no other amber on the menu. It was the one amber and the 14 other beers that weren't ambers. A porter, a brown. I could have ordered one of those, I suppose. But so I'm an amber tomorrow, through and through. Tomorrow I'm doing an interesting thing. Uh, tomorrow is a local holiday in my region of Spain, uh, celebrating something where like 300 years ago, some sheep farmer was up in the mountains and a bit of sunlight glistened in a way. And he, anyway, he thought he saw the Virgin Mary, uh, and he was so convinced that he, you know, ran back home and was like, "Ma, ma, I saw, I saw the Virgin." Uh, as I assume, I'm translating that into uh, American English. Uh, and it was so, it's a, it was such an important event that uh, that they like built a little chapel or or Are seven still around his formal sainting because he hasn't become a saint yet no uh, the 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 guy that the guy that saw the virgin is is lost to time but the fact that the virgin appeared in oh. this in this region of spain is super important and oh, yeah. so yes, it should uh, be. on the 300th anniversary of that uh, which is tomorrow uh, it's a holiday for the whole region and there is a um, there's a chapel up on the hill uh, that people make a pilgrimage to. Uh, it's probably about ten miles, the last four being uphill uh, from where I live. Uh, and some people walk from where I live, uh, like they they they. You should do it. Early. They get up early in the morning and they walk. Um, we have never done it before, uh, but tomorrow we are going to sort of do it. We're going to drive the six miles to the base of the hill and then walk the four miles up the hill um, and then back down to, but it's like this thing that so many people do, uh, like we're not doing it out of, we're doing it because it's a thing that people do. 
uh, which rather is rather than out of some religious belief, which is turns out what a lot of it feels like a lot of what happens with religion in Spain is because it's a thing people do rather than you know belief. But if you were to ask the people processing whether they believe blah blah blah, what percentage of them would say they do believe it? I mean, it's pretty if high. you were there with a camera and a microphone, uh, they would be pressured to say that they do. Uh, but well, I don't know. I how think about it's a confidential survey. It's more of a thing that people do. Uh, I'd in say my 85, 90%. If you go to believe? the trouble to walk it, you probably believe it. Or at least would say, you know, it's possible. I don't know what we're testing that we believe on this, but... Um, that uh, the Virgin appeared in this case. But when you talk about a lot of religious... Uh, processions and things of that nature that people do because they do it and you think about the the uh the carrying of the madonna's figure through the streets that festival and yeah but if, i think if you the, ask if you ask do you believe it they would be like yeah but if you asked any detail about about what it is that they believe they wouldn't have answers because they don't they they're just like nodding and i don't think they really have looked into any hmm of the details. But well, that anyway. would be another point of the survey, I suppose, is you do believe it. And then, so what specifically about it do you believe? Right. What are the because five important things that you believe in here? What do you, when you say you believe it, what do you mean? Name me, name me three things you believe. I don't right. know. Because if, if you ask, if you ask any Spaniard, if they're Catholic, they're going to say, hell yeah. I mean, they're, uh, not in that way, but they're going to say, yeah. Uh, and then you say, so do you believe that the wine actually turns into blood like the priest tells you that it does? And they're going to be like, no, it's still just wine. But like, well, it's according the to the church. substantiation and it's not actual physical transformation. If, if yeah, they but, don't know look, that, that. The official of line of the church is that it does change. But, and, but that's and the official substantiation. That's not physical transformation. I know it's, I know it's called transubstantiation but like according to the church it actually is it turns into blood it's not it, a metaphor it, it it is a metaphor because that nobody claims that when you drink it you're drinking blood or it tastes like blood it's a it's a it's a transformation at a Boy, that's some weasel level which is not the physical level transubstantiation is not uh, unlike Jesus turning the water into wine, which was a physical transformation, this, this transubstantiation isn't isn't that. Huh. It's the it's the it's the uh, it's the energetic or the uh, uh, the substance of it, the spirit of the substance of it, or the the uh, in the in the how would they describe it? I mean. It's I would describe that as unfalsifiable, uh, but yeah. But like when I when I when I got married, the the priest confirmed with me that I really did believe that it turned into wine. You mean the blood? I mean the blood. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, well, you should have handed him a cup of blood and said, "Here, taste this. You'll well, be used to it." One way. If there's you believe this, in, you'll be used to this. There's a great line in in in, in Family Guy. Where uh, the 
the main dude, uh, Peter, goes to have communion, and and he takes a drink, and he's like, "Wow, this is his blood. He must have been wasted." <laughs> hey, this sparks a memory of something I wanted to talk to you about. The um, there's a movie that I I clicked into um, that I riveted on because on the screen was uh, Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. And uh, she She's apparently was a vampress and she was being greeted in in his doorway of his old dilapidated mansion in Detroit, Michigan by uh, uh, t- uh, Tim Hutchinson, Tim Huddleston. Okay. And the reason that it, was interesting was because Huddleston in this is a is a is a uh, musician and a uh, a writer a music writer and a vintage guitar owner and he lives in this mansion with his music and it is in a music it's very oriented toward music and in Detroit which is quite the music scene it's worth it's worth watching. It's called um, Nothing Left But Lovers or, ah, uh, God, it's, I don't know, man. I'm not good at remembering things, you know. Only Lovers Left Alive. Yes, Only Lovers Left Alive. And I, I won't spoil the ending, but it ends in a very 2013 fantasy comedy drama film written and directed by Jim Jarmusch. Starring Tilda Swinton, Tim Hiddleston, and Mio. There is some humor, but it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. That's that's mis that's that's mis misunderstood. It's not a comedy. drama comedy rather than a comedy drama. Well, okay. A drama with humor is different than a drama comedy. It's a drama. Okay. It's not a drama. It's not a drama comedy. I I don't know. I, unless they build it that way, I, I I certainly thought some of it was humorous, but it wasn't. I didn't laugh okay. out loud. <laughs> no way, man. Uh, and you know who else is in it is this uh, dude who, this young actor, he's got a Russian name. I think it's Anton um, Yelchin. Yelchin, who died. Yep. When his car was crashing into a gate, yep. slowly rolling down a driveway, and he foolishly thought he could stop its descent and got yep. crushed between the car and the gate. He was famous for playing uh, Chekhov in uh, yes, in Star yes, Trek. yes. Which I never, I never really caught him in that. I never watched that. Yeah. What a what a tragedy. I I heard a discussion recently about. Um, how that was sort of a failure of the the interface in the car, like that it could feel like something was turned off, but it was turned on or something, and uh, and yeah, that that was a uh, that was pretty sad. That was um, 2016. Did the credit show him in this? Because he was unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Long, he, long hair, scraggly beard. He played a guy named Ian. Yep. The um, is, uh, Ian, right. <laughs> he 
but I knew instantly it was his because his voice is remarkable. It's hard to miss. Speaking of weird tragedies, today I learned that the Pentagon, the construction of the Pentagon was started on uh, September 11th, 1941. Really? 60 years, exactly. So why they picked that date? No, probably not. But anyway, just a fact that I learned today. I thought I would share. Hey, so so uh, a little bit of uh, politics anyway, and, and also a little football. Which would you rather not have first? Is the football about North Carolina? No. Football is about I, uh, Buffalo Bills. And I, you're going to hear the story. I don't care whether you want to or not. Our listeners are saying, yes. Say it, man. Tell well, us what, well, what happened, well, man. I, I, I listen to a podcast that talks mostly about politics, but then they talk about uh, specifically college football in, in North Carolina, uh, which is a weird combination. But uh, apparently uh, all of the North Carolina football teams are undefeated so far after like two or three games. Meaning all the uh, college uh, and the, and the uh, pro team? No, college. But, but, but that, that, that's, that's hasn't happened like in the history of uh, college football that right. One of them hasn't lost yet. NC state, Chapel Hill, Duke. Yeah. All of them. On and on. They've all, there's a lot of them in there. uh, App state played some huge, important team that was expected where they were expected to be crushed, but they, that they won anyway. They beat uh, Michigan many years ago in Michigan app. Appalachian State, which is up in Boone, right? Um, you, that's, that's a storied, storied victory. Okay. Uh, anyway, please. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. So allow me to allow me to sit down. Last and, uh, year, you know the, the, the storyline, pretty fascinating. Of Matthew Stafford, who was the long-suffering nine-year veteran of Lions, of course, yes, football, was traded off for one purpose to win the Super Bowl for the Los Angeles Rams, which he did. And uh, now he came uh, back for his second season in his opening game. And who does he play but my Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, the six foot five Superman quarterback who does it all, who was Super Bowl bound last year. The defense failed him against Kansas City. However, in the locker room the night before the game, I said, LA Rams world champion are going to be absolutely shocked because the Bills are going to cram it up their ass and they will not know what hit them. Matthew Stafford will be stunned. And in fact, the Buffalo Bills did just that, beat them 31 to 10 and never lost control of the game. I got to report that because it's a huge fucking deal. You'll be hearing more about the Bills. Michigan State, you'll be hearing more about this. They beat a team they were supposed to beat by some, but they beat it 52 to zero, having the first shutout in Michigan State against a team since 2016. This is Mel Tucker, the coach who now makes the second most money in the league behind Alabama, Nick Saban, who came a field goal away from losing his opener, but of course he won it like he always fucking does 
against mm-hmm. Texas. I watched that game. Now, turn it back to you, Chet. That's fascinating uh, reporting there, uh, Dennis. <laughs> the uh, I'm Did sure that the uh, emails while I was talking that the Buffaloes were uh, were all <laughs> corralled uh, properly by the Cowboys. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about with the NFL, but it's great. It's football season. That also means it's fishing season. Huh. And so getting ready for my annual trip to Pulaski, New York, one of the best salmon fishing destinations in the world. My brothers are all better than Alaska. Um, no, no. Norway what is what also is, known is, for salmon. I mean, what well, you said one of the best. You didn't say the best. That's true. I, That's I get you. Um, so, yeah, it's also melancholy because it's the end of the summer and I haven't had enough fun and I've worked too much and I haven't gone fishing enough around here. And, right. You know, and I think, you know, just back to Ethan Hawke. Why am I bemoaning not doing something that for whatever reason I didn't want to do? Mm-hmm. Because I did something else instead. And why do I belittle that something else I did instead by calling it work? Right. When what I'm doing is actually creating something and enjoying the hell out of it. I very well could have gone fishing, but I chose in the the Ethan Hawke's life, I chose to do something creative instead. Exactly. You know, and this... This is a very smart way of thinking. This is a, because it, it relieves you of the woulda, coulda, shoulda of things. The, 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 um, the FOMO, the uh, not sunk cost, the um, yeah. The thing where you have to take into account how much the other thing would have been. Damn it. Equivalent slate. No. So anyway. your thoughts on your thoughts on the passing of the queen. Yes. I mean it was obviously in inevitable as all of our passings is. Uh the I remember like five or six years ago, I watched this YouTube video uh, that laid out because the exact course of events for like the two or three weeks after the queen dies was it was all like scripted. It's laid out like hour by hour. Big Ben is going to chime this many times. Uh, we're going to stop the the mail service for this many hours. Uh, this, these people are going to, um, are going to come to appear at this place. Uh, it's all, it was all like, it's, it's the biggest event that we had the most time to plan for. Right. And Uh, and is it, is, is there, is there an equivalency of this monarchy and this kind of monarchy in Spain with the King of Spain? Is it equal in pomp and circumstance? And so, there's a lot of 
pomp and circumstance in both. Uh, I spent 20 minutes in three minute segments uh, this past couple of days watching the live coverage of people in crazy outfits marching behind a coffin. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, what do you mean? And crazy it occurred. Outfits? I mean, crazy puffy shit. Oh, yeah. The crazy hats and yeah. English uh, monarchy dress code. It wasn't. It wasn't crazy hats like for the royal wedding. It was crazy like military uniforms from three hundred years ago, like mm. just weird stuff, like the sort of stuff that you see in Henry the Eighth, uh, you know, portraits. Or okay. And the it was, and I watched that. And it was like, on the one hand. I would my my eyes were rolling out of my head about like this is this is so dumb why why are we like the the economic cost to Great Britain for yeah ceasing all activity for two weeks uh, for this for this thing is like really why why who cares <laughs> so, uh, so. but but what, 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 hold on but but then. And and I and I thought, God, this is so dumb. Like, there's so many people here, and they're all doing. They're all just walking in this in this weird way. Um, but then, the other side of me chimed in and was like, Yeah, but like a culture without tradition is not really a culture. And like tradition is what sort of binds us together in many ways, and. Like there's a reason that we uh, that we did the same thing playing golf every uh, mm-hmm. every February in the same way in the same places because there was something special about that. And if it was just like oh really the same place this is dumb meh uh, then like you lose something about what it is to be human and to be a society and to be a culture and. So I can also see why, yes, we should uh, parade down the same streets that we did when the last monarch died or something like that, because it gives some continuity to the existence of our culture as a people or something. But Well, our tradition costs about 600 bucks. This is a little bit different than that. True, but it, um, but it's, but it, but I mean, the scale is different. But the, the scale is different. Apples and oranges, but the the tradition that culture provides um, can be expensive or not expensive, and it could be sharing bread at a certain time. It could be any types of vigils. It could be many, many hundreds, hundreds of things. This one, to your point about. Um, uh, you know, cost is is also then gets to fairness and equity. I mean, because Prince William is the uh, next monarch who is next in line to become king, yep. he just inherited a castle that I think is worth, uh, did I read 64 billion? That's and it high. Must have been, it must have been where Prince Charles lived before he became king. And now he's vacated that, and he lives in 
Uh, in you know, but he he spent seventy three years practicing, doing nothing other than practicing for this role of sitting in a chair. Well, and, like, I don't know that he did nothing, but I mean, after I mean, after uh, what part of his day every day did he actually do something that had to do with preparation? Uh, you know, although you could say any education, any trip, anything prepares him. Yeah, but yeah, still, if that's that's probably more what you mean is that nothing but. I mean, when he was playing polo, it wasn't like he was preparing to be the fucking king, or when he was drinking with his buddies. There's great pictures of him dancing. I mean, was he dancing in his kilt, preparing to be king? Him and the him and the him him and his his stepfather, the prince, and 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 his mother, the queen, and and um, what's her ass, the old ass, who's the uh, <laughs> The, not the queen, but the fucking... Uh, That's her royal con- ass to you. Consort. The consort queen. That Camilla. gives her a yep. diminished title because of her diminished role as a uh, as a, 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 a woman, a mistress a, of the king, who should... And as a, and as a um, divorced woman. Yes, and, 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 and responsible to a large extent, famously, by Lady Diana, who said... It gets a bit crowded in there. There's three of us in this marriage, you know. You don't have Netflix, so don't talk to me about that relationship, because there's... I saw I saw Diana, or I saw the documentary Princess. Yeah, but there's a there's a long, long, long series called The Crown that. Um... Oh, oh, yes, and then won all sorts of awards. Well, anyway, you started talking about the awards, and I wanted to talk about Tom who we yes. talked about many times as being a phenomenal uh, role. Yes. And and s- strangest role. And yep. how excellent he 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 well, I don't I can't I'm sorry I don't know the actor's name you do. I'm sure. Um but next to Greg was probably our favorite okay. uh, actor in the uh, role uh, in the series. Yeah, my my email that I sent you is not uh, is not coming up, but it's uh, Michael some, something or other. Michael McFadden. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Um, so I was and, glad and, to see, I was glad to see that. Way better than uh, than the other sons. Um, I mean, the other sons are fantastic. Well, Jeremy Strong was was uh, uh, edged out by uh, the uh, foreign language dude for Squid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the um, he was yeah, a, he was a, he was a big favorite, uh, but uh, he's, he's but yeah, an the actor, uh, in my view. Mm. But yeah, uh, the I don't know. I'm I'm satisfied. I'm not upset about uh, how the Emmys went. Some of them went to shows that I haven't seen, but you know, so it goes. Well, I'm uh, so anyway. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, Lizzie. Queen. And uh, here's the Queen Mother. We'll do a toast to a shout out. Queen Mother. She's not, she's not the Queen Mother. I mean, she's a Queen and a Mother, but she was the Queen. Queen Mother. The queen Mother was her mother. But yes, so I have to get up in uh, six hours to go walk up a hill. Okay. So. Well, you you enjoy your pilgrimage, and uh, I will. Uh, I'll dedicate a song or two to you tonight if I can in your pilgrimage up the, All right. the mount. 
I'll try and see say the vision. Hey, Pilgrim. I hope you see her. I hope she comes to visit. I, um, I do have a little something to show you here, which is I've shown it to you before. Mm-hmm. There this she is. is. The, uh, rosary my father made his first confirmation with. Well. And the, uh, the crucifix of which is the... Um, the model that my grandfather used to carve his crucifixes that he carved from wood. Okay. Anyway. Well, well uh, God well, rest the queen and uh, hail Mary. <laughs> Okay, that's it for episode number 161. You can find the show notes, and you definitely didn't need to go and watch the Ethan Hawke video and that other thing where Robin Williams steals the award show. Uh, those can be found at happyhour.fm slash 161. You can support us at patreon.com slash happyhour. And we will see you in two weeks.